Hello, this is Roy's Rocket Radio, recorded on Sunday, the 12th of April 2015, and the time is now 11.30, and wow, seems like ages, but it's only been a week, and what a week it's going to be as well. We have uh, a minimum of two shows this week, so we got the show today, and the GOT latest season in the UK is starting tomorrow, so we'll be talking about that as well as soon as the first episode airs. And there are possibly another two shows this week, one on Tuesday with a very special guest, hopefully, fingers crossed, Um, and another perhaps on Thursday with a few creatives I know. Now, I can't make any promises about those two extra shows, because as soon as you involve guests, um, you know what happens. They they hopefully will turn up, but sometimes unavoidable things happen, and they don't, so we'll just have to see. Uh, but I won't be spoiling uh, the two shows that may or may not happen by telling you who the guests are. You're just going to have to tune in. Uh, believe me, if it does come off, it will be worth your while. Now, perhaps I should start off by actually mentioning which episode you're listening to. This is episode 76, and... okay. Now, I've told you about what's going to come in the the coming week. I now have a special message to followers of Roy's Rocket Radio at TuneIn.com. Now, the reason I'm doing this is TuneIn.com is one of the few services that I'm using where it actually shows you who your followers are. I know that Google FeedBurner also does this, but hardly anyone follows on FeedBurner. And I use that just as a simple output to output my uh, feeds to a web page. So, a big Roy's Rocket Radio hi to Sonia R, uh, Gary Tester 6469, John VJ Spike Wu, which I think may be a pseudonym, Tersel, uh, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Man, people need to pick better handles. Uh, in Brackets I've put here because they also have an, another opportunity to put their name in. John K-O-F-D. Heather Snell. Brian Ennis. Um, so, yeah, first, a special thanks for listening and subscribing. Second, if you guys, or actually anyone who listens to the show, wants to interact with the show, with me, ask questions, throw tomatoes, vegetables, and other things... Uh, heaps of cash. There is a Facebook page and lots of other ways to get in touch. Just go to roymatur.com, that's R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R, click on the podcast link, you can't really miss it, and then the interact link. So that's just a big shout out to some of my listeners. Okay, next... As you can probably hear, I've tweaked the audio settings. Basically, I was getting too much bass, so what I've done is I've just turned off the bass on the mixer. (laughs) I think the 
microphone that I'm using, uh, Bering XM8500, is very bass heavy because my own voice in real life is, you know, I, I don't really sound like Barry White. Or at least I don't think I do, although maybe that would be quite nice. Um, so yeah, I've tweaked that. I'm also a little further away from the mic than last week. Last week I was right on top of it. I was told that it didn't sound as good as it could. Uh, I've also got a second combo jack now, so I can now mix in audio from the PC. Uh, for example, like the other side of a Skype call, or trailers, and now you should get very little interference because it's going straight from the mixer to the PC. Or, or the other way around, actually. So that's enough techie babble this week, and I wanted to talk a little bit about my writing, though not too much. Um, sea Glass on the Sealer Shore. If you remember, I wrote a psychological horror story a way back when, and I submitted it, but it wasn't very good, so I re-edited it, re-proofread it at least three times now. And quite frankly, my first effort was a mess, uh, and it did need substantial uh, rereading and grammar checking and re-editing. And I think it's better now. So yeah, it, it's finally out there. Um, I haven't talked about my writing in the last couple of weeks because I have been ill and I've been doing precious little writing until about a week ago. So, and there's nothing lamer than just listening to me making excuses. Um, I've also renamed the story Glassy from Sea Glass on a Sealer Shore, which just sounded very long and, and arty. Uh, and Glassy does kind of make sense if you read it, you'll see why. I will be keeping you posted on everything I'm doing to get my work published because I know that there are a lot of you out there in the same boat as me uh, who are both curious um, and, well, yeah, but not both, just curious about what it takes to get published. And if you listen to this podcast, you find out what it takes to either get published or not get published. No, no, I'm definitely going to get published. Okay, so let's start with some Doctor Who. Actually, uh, I, I need a slight drink. I'm already getting dry mouth and it's only been... How long have we been chatting now? About six minutes? Okay. So this week we're talking about the adventure called The Moon Base from 1967. So we start off with the TARDIS careering out of control and landing on the moon. The team find an international weather control station which is under attack from a mysterious illness. Um, but just shortly before that they go into the moon base and they need uh, to get Jamie some treatment when he's injured after the crew decide to do some uh, low gravity larking about on the moon. Uh, yeah, he gets a bump on the head. Uh, so while this is going on, uh, the doctor 
tries to find a cure for this mystery illness, but he fails. Uh, what we find out eventually is the mystery illness is something actually worse. It turns out that the, the Cybermen have infiltrated the base and are seeding a cyber virus that is changing its victims into Cybermen. Um, and after that we we get into the part of the adventure where the attack begins, where all chaos breaks loose. Um, there's attack against the moon base. Uh, a human ship is sent into the sun by the Cybermen who have hijacked the moon base's uh, device called the Gravitron. Now, the Gravitron is the thing that uh, this moon base, obviously in the future, is using to control weather on Earth. Eventually, as always seems to happen, the Doctor regains control of the device, the Gravitron, and he uses it against the Cybermen, turns it against them. So there's a scene where they're, uh, you know, marching in a sinister manner, menacing manner towards the moon base. Uh, and when he turns, he reverses the polarity of the Gravitron uh, field, which sounds like complete scientific nonsense. But, but anyway, he does that. And it sends the Cyberman floating off into space. Uh, this is kind of reminiscent of, oh, what was that? Uh, the Star Trek movie, where they're on top of the Enterprise and the Borg are attacking, and they do something and the Borg float off into space. I think that was Generations, but that was a remarkably similar scene. Uh, let's see, where am I now? Okay, so yeah, the, the Cybermen are eventually defeated by the Doctor. Surprise, surprise. The team then quickly uh, run off into the TARDIS and fly away. I'm not quite sure why they run away. Um, I mean, they're now heroes, uh, but that's what they do. Eventually, when they get to wherever they're going for the next adventure, they activate the view screen and... Da -da -da! There's this giant claw <laughs> waving at them, you know, grasping at them. Now, what did I find interesting about this particular adventure? Um, well, first of all, it is an international space station. So we just don't have white Brits for a change. There is a French actor. Uh, I can't remember his name, but I looked him up. Yeah, he's a French actor, not, not an English guy with a French accent. And there was also a black actor who had, I, I don't know, some kind of Afro-Caribbean uh, type uh, dialect. However, the crew is all male, and Polly ends up having to play mum and making coffee for everyone. So, <laughs> not quite as progressive as I thought it would be initially anyway. This is also the second appearance of the Cybermen, following the adventure of the Doctor's first regeneration, from William Hartnell to Patrick Troughton. And the final thing that I wanted to say is that the... Well, 
the Cybermen themselves, their look and sound, the way they speak, the, the voice effect that they're using, is somehow much more scary than the modern Cybermen that we see, uh, that we've seen in the last couple of years. Um, they're, they're definitely more scary, and, and I don't know what it is about them, but the, the analog effects definitely work, and I was pretty, pretty creeped out, and I'm not just saying that for the podcast, um, which is weird, because, you know, I, I watch a lot of horror, and it takes quite a bit to creep me out uh, on the screen anyway. Okay, so that's it for The Moon Base, 1967. That's our Doctor Who adventure uh, that we've been discussing this week. So, on to some more TV today. And I just found out, although this isn't particularly new news, uh, that Intruders, the BBC uh, slash BBC America sci-fi series starring John Sim and I think it was Marissa Tomei, well, the BBC have axed it. Uh, so that's it um, for the sci-fi drama about reincarnation. What a pity. I was really enjoying this grim, scary sci-fi show. Um, and, well, at least we're not left with a total cliffhanger. I mean, if you want to look up what happened, I, I suggest you do it yourself, because I know there are people that still haven't watched the show, um, so I'm not going to spoil it here, but that's Intruders 2014 BBC America. Uh, well worth watching as a box set for the first season. It doesn't entirely wrap everything up, but you know you're not left completely in the dark. Okay. Next, Daredevil. Yep, Matt Murdock this time played by actor Charlie Cox, is back on this original Netflix series. Uh, I do like Daredevil, Matt Murdock, because like Spider-Man, he doesn't kill. Um, over the years, I've read De- you know, Daredevil on and off, um, but the more serious dark tone of the comic frankly drove me more towards Spider-Man, which is a lot lighter. Now, we've got a new and horrible Wilton Fisk, aka the Kingpin, played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Hope I got that right. Um, I think I remember Vincent from that film with Jennifer Lopez, The Cell, so he can definitely, definitely do creepy. Although, is the kingpin creepy? He's just... Or sinister. He's just terrifying, I suppose. I know, that'll, that'll do. Uh, should be interesting. Uh, by the time you, you're you listening to this podcast on Sunday, um, it will have already started. Uh, let's see, it's the 12th today, so according to my notes, it started on April the 10th. If you want to see a trailer, just head over to my blog. There's uh, a trailer posted uh, pretty near the front of the blog, so that'll be on the first page somewhere. Okay, now movies. Uh, So, Cinderella 2015. This is Kenneth Branagh's pretty great adaptation of an old fairy tale. 
And, you know, I'm not a complete Kenneth Branagh fan. I did like Frankenstein, but some of his acting can be ropey. What was that? Uh, what was that supernatural movie he starred in with Emma Thompson, where they both had these really creaky uh, southern accents? I don't know. But, uh, I yeah. Well, anyway, this is better. <laughs> um, I particularly liked... Helen Bonham Carter's ditzy fairy godmother. I thought the special effects were brilliant, and it was just the right balance of, um, I don't know, comedy with the drama of the fairy tale. Oh, that was odd. My screen just went to sleep. How, how annoying. I had to wiggle the mouse about a bit. Uh, so, yeah, Cinderella 2015, definitely a good family film. Uh, or if you're just into fairy tales, which I am. Next, Paddington 2014. This is a modern reboot of Paddington. Um, first, I'll talk about the things I didn't like about it. Uh, and there are there aren't that many things, so you know I'm not going to tear it to bits. Uh, I thought the origin story was not really necessary, where we go into uh, Paddington's life in darkest Peru. Didn't think that was really necessary. Could have quite easily lost the whole thing, and the movie wouldn't been any bad, uh, any worse. Uh, the other thing is, I absolutely hated the tacked-on plot of Nicole Kidman, uh, Nicole Kidman's villainess. I thought it was totally pointless. That there was no reason for it to be there. And the third little annoyance was, uh, there's a certain bit in the film where they do this little Mission Impossible parody. Um, but I'm not sure who, who this is aimed at, what, what age group, because, the you know, if you're young, if you're a kid, you, you, I don't know, ten, under 10 or whatever, you're not going to know what this is about. And if you're the parents, you know, in your 30s, you might also not know what they're talking about. So didn't didn't really think that was, uh, you know, added anything to the movie. Uh, now, my... I was pleasantly surprised. I I knew beforehand that Ben Whishaw was doing the voice of Paddington, and I thought that choice was a bit iffy. Um, I just uh, didn't think he, you know, had the right voice for Paddington, and I was completely and utterly wrong. He is actually great, and he just totally nails the new Paddington. Uh, part of the reason I had my initial doubts is that I grew up with the Michael Bond books and also the animated TV series with Michael Horden's voice, which I, I really like. Um, and although I still like the animation more than this movie, I think it is pretty good and I'm sure the younger kids will like it. And again, it's a, a really great family movie. So that's Paddington 2014. Next, God Bless America 2011. Now this is a completely different kettle of fish. Uh, this was on film for a couple of weeks ago. 
and I thought I'd chat about it because I, I really did like it. It's different from similar movies like Falling Down with Michael Douglas from 1993, um, um, because it doesn't do that heavy-handed moralizing thing where the overall narrative uh, kind of tells the the audience uh, you see he was wrong all along it it it's not as heavy-handed as that um, what what I should have started with actually is tell you what the movie is actually about I've gone into too much detail without telling you that okay so in God bless America we have a nobody. Um, he's not married, he's single, he lives alone in a horrible little apartment, he's got uh, diabolical neighbours, uh, his work sucks, and he's in poor health. And well, to cut a long story, uh, story <laughs> to cut a long story short, he just goes off at the deep end. And goes on a, a, a murderous kill spree across America. Um, now, what I thought was interesting is that instead of, like I said, the moralizing isn't isn't that much in in the movie, and also his reason for going on the rampage is so lean and down to the bone that it. it you know, it it's not diffuse it's not a diffuse idea spread all over the place. It's just the one simple thing. He he doesn't like how unkind modern society has become. So he he rails against things like uh, reality TV, uh, TV. Uh, what do you call it? That Simon Cowell type thing. There's there's a parody version of that in this movie. Um, talent shows, TV talent shows. He, when I say he doesn't like it, I mean he hates it. And finally, what sends him over the edge is the fact that he's. It is revealed to him that he is quite ill. And he thinks, you know, what have I got to lose? I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort America out. Um, so, yeah, really brilliant film. Really enjoyed it. Well worth checking out. That's God Bless America, 2011. I also wanted to mention one, one little thing I didn't like that much, but I'm, I'm gonna forgive anyway because it's overall, it's a brilliant film. There's. This one scene where the writer slash director Bobcat Goldthwaite, what a what a brilliant name that is, Bobcat Goldthwaite. Anyway, there's a scene uh, where the director or the writer uh, somewhat indulgently uses the protagonist as a mouthpiece for his own views uh, in in the office scene. Now. It should have come off as a soliloquy, but it came off a bit like a lecture. Uh, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna let it go because, you know, o overall this was a really good film, excellent, nasty, funny, and very, very violent. So <laughs> definitely for adults only, and definitely for adults only with a really strong stomach. Uh, you'll see what I mean in the first few minutes. Okay.
Blade Runner, the Final Cut 2007. Apparently this is out on the big screen again. Uh, this is supposed to be the definitive cut. Now, I've got a couple of versions of Blade Runner, but I don't have this version. Uh, my, my recommendation is see it if you haven't seen it before, or even if you have, because it's great seeing it on the big screen. Um, personally, I've seen the theatrical release at the cinema when it came out, but also the director's cut... So, I really would like to see this. According to Wikipedia, I'm quoting here directly from Wikipedia, The final cut contains the original full-length version of The Unicorn Dream, which had never been in any version, and has been restored. It, additionally, all of the additional violence and alternate edits from the international cut have been inserted. Now, I know it's going to be playing at the former NFT, National Film Theatre, now called the BFI, British Film Institute, on the South Bank for the next couple of weeks. So, if you can, get down to that. I, I, you know, I wish I could afford to do that, but, I, you know, that's increasingly unlikely. So, that's unbelievably, I've now, I'm on the uh, last page of my show notes, which means, and I've only got a paragraph left to talk about, so the show has almost drawn to a close. Uh, what a pity, I was quite enjoying that, quite getting into the swing of it, and now it's, it's done. Uh, so, just the, for the after show bit, I want to tell you a bit, of, again, about some upcoming features. Um... Now, I've told you about guests, uh, two guest casts that we're having, hopefully this week, fingers crossed. Um, if you, what I wanted to particularly point out is we're going to have upcoming features aimed directly at UK creatives, or creatives in general. So I'm talking about people who are writers, like authors like me, or want to want to be authors like me also, um, of genre fiction particularly. Um, if you are in that category, then this is kind of the podcast to listen to. Also, pretty soon, you can expect to hear more on not just writing prose, but also screenwriting, filmmaking, and production in general. And by production, I mean radio, TV, and film production. Now, I have some great guests lined up. Like I said at the top of the podcast, some who I know personally, and others who I am in the process of cajoling onto the show. So it's definitely worth subscribing uh, if you want to subscribe, just go along to roymatur.com, that's R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R.com. Click on podcast, and then click on the subscribe link, and there are a million ways to subscribe. So, that's it for today. This was... Oh, God, I could, I, I've already forgotten the podcast I'm talking about. Which podcast was this? Oh yeah, so this was Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 
76, recorded on Sunday the 12th of April 2015. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. Bye!